What is going on you rogues, rebels, and renegades? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Rogue Country Podcast. We are at episode 55 and do we have an episode for you. For the first time ever on this podcast, I've interviewed three people at the same time and this was an absolute delight. If you're aware of what we were doing last weekend, it was the Rogues Round Tour where we hit Nottingham, Sheffield, and Bradford. Nottingham, we were joined by Ashley Harding, Cold Hands, myself, and Chris Dover. Sheffield was me, Chris, Jody Davis from Fargo Railroad Company, and Josh Bettis, and we rounded it off in Bradford with just me, Chris, and Jody. And what a weekend it was. From stage invaders in Bradford, trick-or-treating at the most inappropriate time possible, which is me doing a slow song, to... Sheffield just being a laugh riot to Nottingham being one of the most respectful and attentive audiences we've ever had. It was an absolute blast and I can't wait to share with you the idea for this podcast was I was going to drop in some songs but I don't want to bog this episode down too much and make it longer than it already has to be but I recorded every single show we did with all the songs and they're going to be released soon so check out our Bandcamp when we announce we are also going to be dropping some brand new rogue country shirts on the 4th of november for Bandcamp friday so if you want to follow us keep up to date with all our Bandcamp announcements please go give us a follow at roguecountry.bandcamp.com now tour dates tour dates tour dates tour dates if you like jody davis and the fargo railroad company which i assume you do They are doing their birthday bash, their annual birthday bash on the 2nd of December and they are adding another night on the 3rd of December. It's going to be fucking incredible. Tickets are flying off the shelves now so do not miss out on yours. You all know Nick Shoulders is coming to the UK in November. Me and Josh are opening for him on different dates obviously. I am opening for him at the York in Bolton on the 6th of November. Josh is opening for him at the Bunkhouse in Swansea on the 10th of November and it is going to be incredible to open for such an amazing artist. He is touring across the UK. Grave Dancer is opening for him as well on all dates so head over to his website to pick up tickets and see if he's playing in your city. What else are we doing? I am also playing with Cam Cole on the 17th of November in Manchester at night and day, on the 19th of November at Boom in Leeds, and on the 24th of November in Sheffield, I'm playing with him in the Corporation. Then on the 25th of November, I'm coming back home, and then I'm going to Wrexham to open for Ryan McCombs from Soil. I cannot wait for that. That's the Penny Black in Wrexham. I can't wait. I love Ryan McCombs. Halo by Soil was one of the first songs me and my metal band ever covered when I was... 18, 19, so it's a trip to get to open for him again. And I've been watching the Welcome to Wrexham docuseries, and I'm really looking forward to going there, and I might try and get a hat. Then I'm back with Cam Cole in Nottingham on the 27th of November at the Bodega, and then listen to this, guys. This is the important date that you need to put in your calendars right now. The Rogue Country Christmas Roundup. You heard it here first. The 28th of December at Future Yard in Bergenhead, where we had our sold-out Sierra Ferrell show. It is myself with Brandon Ridley and Megan Lee, and it is all in aid of the Wirral Ark Homeless Charity based here in Wirral. It's a great cause. It's going to be a great night, and tickets are £10. But let's get down to this Rogue Round Tour, man. So joining me on the podcast today for episode 55 is Chris Dover, Josh Bettis, and Jody Davis from Fargo Railroad Company. We recorded this at Jody's house. He was kind enough or silly enough to let us all stay over for the weekend, and we had an absolute blast sitting there playing Guy Clark and John Prine and just going through songwriting, shooting the shit, and it was a good time all around. This hour podcast only captures a hundredth of the amazing conversations we had that weekend, and we want to share it with you right now so without further ado this is episode 55 of the rogue country podcast with the rogues round i'm gonna record i've recorded last night's recording nights record bradford's and then kind of send the whole files to you guys so you can do whatever you want with your songs yeah. but then do a bit of a rogue compilation on our band camp and do as a free download to the highlights everyone yeah. Yeah. well we're rolling welcome to the podcast Oh lord! <laughs> and like, because obviously Chris and Josh have been on. I knew if I was actually in your house, you'd have to physically leave your house <laughs> to not do it. It's actually taken three of us to partially do it. This is an intervention. It's not a podcast. Oh, <laughs> why do you do those things? <laughs> Someone get me the bottle of tequila. But all three of us, or all four of us, 
and three gigs last night. How did they go? I crashed my van. <laughs> How did you crash your van, Joe? Uh, I tried getting into a multi-story car park with it and it was too short. Oh, the building was too short, the van was too tall. The van was fine, it was the building who was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bloody London. I think I, uh, I think I broke the barrier at Sainsbury's. Oh, grass yourself up, man. Jesus. Uh, yeah, Three yeah, people yeah. will hear this. <laughs> <laughs> and if one of those people works for Sainsbury's, you're fucked, mate. Uh, bro. Employee of the month, here I come. <laughs> yeah, the show was good, really busy. Mm. Um, yeah. Who did you play with? Myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was opening for Hayseed Dixie. No, no, it was just opening for Hayseed Dixie. Yeah. Did you adjust your set like going into it? Because obviously, you've normally with like the whole of the Fargo Boys, did you readjust the set to calibrate to them? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go up with a set. I just, um, you know, sort of went for it. Um, I sort of gauge the room because I've got those a couple of the sing back sort of numbers, so I mm. need to make sure I've got at least like. A handful of people before I start trying to make them sing or do something. So uh, that shit's pretty went funny all right. when nobody's right. there. Sorry. That shit's much funnier when no one's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> Anybody. Yeah, but with obviously Hasty Dicks, you're like a cover band doing blue rest style. That crowd is kind of going there for that. Did you think about? Did you throw any covers in or? No. Oh, no. <laughs> don't do covers. I can't do covers, man. I can't remember my own lyric. Um, That's how you do Willing. My little feet. You when? That. You played it at APD's lunch. Oh, uh, yeah. He made me do that. It's a great song. But yeah. well, I think, I assume, like, the sing-alongs went well, because the yeah, yeah, really Easy Dixie fans yeah. are going to be up for it, because they're there to have yeah. a laugh. Yeah, so I, I, I made sure I put those in and tried to keep it fairly light. I didn't like going to loads of songs about death or anything like that. So yeah. Fucking out people do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Proper big move down. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was a good show. Cool. How, how was the songwriter? Loads of songs about death. Yeah, move down. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> Me, like, because uh, Chris was at the very top of the round and I was at the bottom, so he was opening and I was ending it. My last one, or the first one I did was about an old couple dying, and then your first one was about an old couple dying. So we just did an old one-two of depression. <laughs> and then nice. thought about cold, cold hands on distinct fucking misery. Uh, I, I hope there was about. no old people in the show. It was just old people there. Who's <laughs> thinking about us? Yeah, he was trying to do his parents. Huh? There was one point where he mentioned uh, it secreted razor blades under the tables so if it got too much for anyone they could put an end to it it's like whoa I thought my shit was heavy man yeah. his, his in between stuff is the dark thing yeah. <laughs> crikey yeah. but no it went well like I said to Chris on the drive up I was like if five people are there I'll be surprised and I'll be happy and like six people were there so sure. but it's a hard one with like live music I'm talking to Rob who mm. runs the running horse who's a fucking amazing and positive dude it's hard when the culture and everything is just so against original live music at the moment it's a fucking hard thing to try and do especially on a Friday when people are wanting to like get... it's a weird one in Nottingham as well because like I say I've, I've played there on the Cosmic American night and there is an audience for it Definitely. it's just weird that they yeah. only come out when there's an American artist on, yeah. you know what I mean that's, yeah, that's yeah. a bizarre it is a bizarre country we live in. Well, that's what we're trying to do with more of the road. So obviously the Sierra stuff, we tr- we're trying to get American acts over to do it and then putting the UK artists in like a Trojan horse to try and mm. fucking get that way. But it's still, it's hard to try and do that in between with like how the UK scene is because Americans just have more weight mm. in terms of gigs. And generally, in general, they have more weight as well. <gasps> <laughs> No, 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 not cancelled. Not, not more than me. Where's <laughs> <laughs> that plastic bat shit? Maybe nah, cancelled. Fuck that. Cancelled. Hey, Crane, gone. Yeah. From a different time. Yeah. <laughs> Better so was your gig. You got a fez out of it. Yeah, festival. It was, a, was it called festival? It was festival. Yeah. <laughs> they raised the money for a mental health charity, so they were selling these fezes. So it was like a country pub in the middle of nowhere, just with all these people wearing fezes. Um, <laughs> it's headlining as well. It's my first headlining festival slot. Which I think was to uh, call Big last time, orders. Baby. Big yeah. time, Big time, baddest. They just worked me on for last orders to get everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> Songs about death and misery and <laughs> brought the mood down. But got a fez. Yeah. You can't be miserable in a fez, can you? 
You fucking can. I'd pay more. <laughs> I'd pay more to not have to wear a fez. Fucking miserable bastard. Was there, was there any connection between the fez and mental health? Because I'm like, I've never heard of a connection between mental health and fez. That's well documented and known and scientifically <laughs> proven. Has anyone ever been sad in a fez? <laughs> Has anyone ever been sad in a fez? This is exactly. Apart from yeah. Tommy Cooper, three yeah. seconds yeah. before he. You're cancelled. <laughs> right, jokes, minion. <laughs> that escalated for us. <laughs> I just killed a guy. <laughs> it was the joke last night that I made. When I was, uh, I don't know, I say the story I was saying before a song, but the person in the song died of COPD, and I just mentioned this and coughed. And I went, shit, that's the ghost of them getting me. <laughs> and he just went on the other went, fucking hell, Chris. <laughs> but then, as you were playing, you did a cough as well. Yeah. And I didn't know if you were sick or just adding sound effects to it. No, no, I was just Out of the song. Phase <laughs> two, line three, yeah. cough. <laughs> it's like, Chris is like, this song's about someone getting shot and he pulls out a gun. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that tonight. Use one of these. And tonight we're playing the Alder in Sheffield, but how, because you two sorted these out and like booked them all and stuff, what was the conversation to sort this? Obviously before Jody hit the big time and fucked us off the hayseed dixie. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it was, it basically started, I think we, we, we were probably drinking <laughs> uh, and uh, I was, I, I, I was looking at the diary and a bunch of my guys in the band were busy this weekend. So I was like, we should just do something. We should play a bunch of shows. I think um, at the time I wrote in my calendar to keep the dates free, but I actually wrote, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I think that's the first text you sent me. It was like, this is going to be a terrible idea, but... <laughs> do you want it? Do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking do it. I think you already had something uh, in, <coughs> in Bradders for the... Uh, for the yeah, I was, al- I was already booked. So after my album launch... Warren Fable James asked me to play again I don't really like doing too long sets mm. I, like, I like just picking the songs that I want to do on the night and do it yeah, I'm happy with like 45 to an hour or something but would have asked to do like the two set thing I just I'm lazy I suppose so I was like when he said he wanted to do this weekend I was like oh well I've already got a gig so let's build from that mm. um, and that venue is perfect for the kind of round thing and then we just the, the Sheffield was the one that was so Nottingham running ours because I know the room's cool uh, and Rob was cool with setting it up so I knew that would be an easy one and then it was Sheffield was the one where we didn't quite know what I was I was trying to I was trying to get I tried getting in touch with a venue director they just didn't want to talk yeah. to me so then I got Martin Bedford involved and people have to listen to Martin because yeah, he's yeah. a legend yeah generally Martin <laughs> so Martin found us a venue in a show yeah it's going to be good mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so long as uh, you're not shit. I'm always shit, that's what I do. Yeah. It's what I do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Sheffield's always cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys played in Sheffield before? No, first time here. First time, first. I've played, because we did the Plot Hounds in 2018 in Sheffield. That that's was where we crazy, first, man. That's yeah, where that's we first, first met. Yeah. And then I played at Honeybees, one of Martin's shows. Yeah with Buffalo Ghost okay. was 20, oh, Joe. in yeah. 2019 I think that's the only time because it was meant to be me and Luke Hendrickson were coming back this year that's kind of fell through so I've only played Sheffield I've played it three times I did West Street Live <coughs> yeah in 2018 fucking <laughs> dog shit show but we, it was me and that Finnish band we were touring with and it was just fucking any gig we could uh, yeah and um, that was fucking don't, don't worry, like all our towners have been through West Street. Like, oh, yeah, I've been, we've, we've all played West Street. Have you right? played there? Oh, of course, yeah. I bet you got paid, didn't you? I uh, don't recall. I just remember um, finishing the set and there being no one there. Mm. Yeah. And it being really depressing. And then I'm opening the doors and loads of kids coming in and drinking WKDs. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I, I remember it was like the first real tour I've done and I, like, I think three people actually bought my EP which is the most mm. anyone had ever bought nice. I was like oh my fucking god I've made it uh, and then it's like there was only like six people there anyway and then they fucking opened the doors like after it and all the kids yeah. just came in to get on it yeah so it's West Street man it's a bit nuts but I talked a bit to a banjo about this but with the Sheffield scene you have kind of like come up in it for 
a while have you seen it evolve and grow from a punk? Because obviously Martin Bedford's been doing his thing for years. I mean, I've only known Martin through like the Fargo stuff, but I was doing uh, playing shows down at the Boardwalk in like mm. two thousand four and five with my with my mate um, Harry. And yeah, it was just, back then it wasn't Americana. It was we we were acoustic roots. <laughs> there was no such thing. Well, I think Americana was just starting with yeah. like the Ryan Adams stuff and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's, it has changed a lot. Um, and I think Sheffield's been really lucky because like uh, Craig came along and did the wagon wheel thing. Um, love Craig. Uh, and then obviously Ma- Martin. Martin covers a lot of if it's good music he'll yeah. have it sort of thing because obviously he brands himself as blues but mm. he'll have like the likes of us and whatnot. Um, and then there's also there's a guy uh, Stuart used to do quite a lot I'm not sure he's doing so much now um, and then the, the guys from the boardwalk Chris yeah. has been putting stuff on for ages so there's always been a bit of a scene but um, yeah I think it it feels really strange when I go to other towns and it's like oh yeah no no one turns out for like this kind of yeah. music here and I'm just like really it just seems really strange I think we're really lucky yeah man it's it does seem like Sheffield's got that kind of like focal point for the Americana well, yeah, side of things yeah. I think I've played Sheffield more times this year than yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well we yeah. try and keep it down so that when we put a show yeah. on people oh, buy us tickets tickets what are they uh, yeah I mean I've, I've played off and on since 2016 I reckon I at first the first gig I played with Martin was it was a, not an accidental booking but we were like stepping in one of our mates was booked on one of his lineups and he's, he didn't have a band together or whatever so because he knew who to operate as he asked us if we wanted to play the show with him and then from there Martin really liked us so I've always primarily stuck to him mm. um, That's a good literally I've done Every, every gig I've done in Sheffield has been through him barring the couple of times I've done West Street which mm. sucked but that was with a different band and uh, and then I played Record Junkie and they're a bunch of twats so, um, <laughs> so yeah I won't be they really branched out to anybody else yeah but uh, yeah, don't, don't play there if you want to get paid we, we played a festival last year and we struggled to get money out of them uh, uh, the ba- the bassist the, name them, I know the, no, the bassist Andy Dye actually got uh, used his uh, Musician, here's a tip for all the musicians listening. If you're in the musicians mm. union, you can get them to send legal letters out on your yeah. behalf if people haven't paid for so long. Yeah. And we did that, and then they just paid like that. And, they, and it had been like six months or something, and they hadn't paid the invoice. Yeah. No, so. I'm in the MU, and it's it's a handy thing. I've been thinking of cancelling it just to save some money and stuff, but it is one of those. Mm. In, like I know I'll get I'll cancel it and then like the next day I'll get my fucking guitars broke so my insurance isn't covered yeah. anymore and like some venue will owe me money. Well, it's it's worth using yeah. if you're in the depot. Mm. But yeah, Sheffield's uh, great and there's there's um more of the the rockier side of it. There's um Mark Scott as well that does stuff. He's um he he puts our birthday show on for us, mm. which is at the start of December. Um do two nights this year Ooh. I don't know I'm not coming unless I get a date so told you told you yeah it's Mardi <laughs> it's like an old married couple <laughs> yeah but obviously Jody your first time on this podcast Fargo as I can tell by Chris and Josh's hats you established in 2013 but when did you actually start picking up a guitar and shit well um Let's go back to your origins. That, well, my, my, my older brother... I mean, I grew up listening to uh, prog rock. My dad loves uh, prog. Um, and so that's what I was brought up to, to listen to. And then uh, my mate Ari, I was talking uh, about when uh, we he got me listening to, like, uh, country. and mm. Well, he gave me, like, mixed CDs. Um, and there was, like, a bit of Neil Young, a bit of... Um, bit of cash and whatnot on there it was a uh, vigilantes of love that really got me mm. I, I freaking love uh, bill maloney and his writing um Don't so yeah it, <laughs> uh so, so yeah and then i um started listening to that and playing that but um playing guitar i started when i was about 17 18 um i i wanted to try and impress a girl <laughs> Did it work? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> still trying. Still trying. It don't, it don't work, mate. <laughs> so 
Whoever sold Oh, you play it? Yeah, whoever like, yeah, like pedals that myth because yeah. it's in like every film and yeah, TV yeah. show. It's like has so all you have to do is pick up a guitar and you'll have all the girls falling at your feet. I'm like, is it? Is it a, a... You never seen it. You're just in your room practicing. As <laughs> <laughs> a drive-by trucker's lyric, it's something like. Um, Rock and roll means well, but it can't help telling young boys lies or something. Like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought, yeah, get all the girls. No, no. It's like, do you play? Oh, you play guitar. Oh, yeah. What do you play? Country. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah well. What do you send me the video of the guy when he sat practicing on the guitar? I think it was one of you guys. He sat playing and he's playing all this shredding, amazing technical stuff. And his girlfriend's like sat with her arms full, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. and then all of a sudden he starts playing Wonderwall, and she starts hugging up to him and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that also didn't work. <laughs> that pretty much sums up the issue at the minute. People want the familiar. Yeah, they don't take chances on original songs or music or you got to play something the no. yeah. It's really weird. It's even like people that that you know do actively listen to like new music and stuff. Sometimes you'll get in a setting where you think, oh, this person's going to love this. And then even they switch off yeah. to it. It's so kind of yeah. environmental to, to the setting in which they're seeing people and as to how they regard. It is bizarre. You can never really tell it's going to put people off listening either. It's just trial and error of marketing and mm. trying to put it, yourself away. To... It is fun when you're playing a set and you realise you're losing them. And it's like, oh, this is where it's gone wrong. It's like, this is, oh, I, I, like, I, for me, it's always like, I'll push, like, the politics or something. <laughs> he did it at a biker bar called the Patriots. Like, he could have got more obvious that it wasn't going to go well. <laughs> Literally, all these in Patriot jackets bar, got right? up and left. <laughs> yeah, I made fucking nine people walk up. <laughs> Big well, patch on the back, yeah. the Patriots MC. Yeah. But it is, even when I'm not doing it, and it's like you play, like, a faster song or something, and then you go slower... And then you can literally see them fucking start switching off and just move. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you try and like scrabble back to try and win them over again and it's just gone. As yeah. I used to always start with an upbeat, fast song, thinking, oh, well, that's the way to get people in. And nowadays, more often than not, I'll start on something. Build up to it. And build to mm-hmm. those songs because you almost want to get them on the quiet stuff first, don't you? And then lure them in and then start yeah. to pick up. Um, but it for years I used to think oh well, you need to start big don't you yeah. that really don't work with what we do mm. um, I've always thought like what I've found works for me is I always apart from the, like, the round stuff I always start with like Sabbath yeah. Sunhouse Cash something <laughs> is like acapella and I'll change it to like so if I'm under rock box I'm going to do fucking yeah. Sabbath yeah, um, yeah you that, did Angel Montgomery one yeah the, the gig we met at is like a very elderly crowd <laughs> and he's like did number of the beasts and got all these old ladies put probably horns up to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my introduction to Mike West. Yeah. Well, it is one of those things where it's like, I think, especially the acapella stuff, like when I do it just like first, it cuts through a lot of stuff yeah. because people like, be like, what the fuck's that? I get them on the confusion and then I hook them in with something else, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That worked really good at the Bridge States in the show for you because yeah. you open with Sabbath there. Didn't yeah, you? That, that's the thing. I know when it's fucking yeah. that, but I remember I had like a metal friend, like a metalhead friend. Made himself to, out of tin. Yeah, <laughs> I had a metal friend come to a what, like a country gig, and I did Sabbath there, and like at the end of the show, he was like, "You probably shouldn't do that. It's such like everyone knows that song." I was like, "Lad, we're at a country gig. Yeah. They aren't hearing this like yeah. every five seconds, like you are." Yeah. Too true. Yeah, I think I think sometimes though you you, you can you know trying to get trying to get the crowd you can just end up like yeah. overdoing sometimes it or on your best day it's no fault of your own it's just not going to happen yeah and it don't matter what you throw at it it's going to be one of those things but well I think sometimes you got to try and make them come to you as well like you like talking about doing the a cappella stuff yeah. like if you if you like lead the the silences and stuff mm. and make them make them listen it can sometimes work. Yeah, but yeah, every room's different. Yeah, and but the thing you don't want to do is stop coming off desperate and then throwing like a fucking cover, yeah, or just is. something that you know will do well. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I remember right that out. show. <laughs> which which one was that? That was the, the first time down at the uh, Peddlers where you were like, no, this is because you went so it's I have to I have to follow up. So the lineup is. Jody with me playing the guitar for him, so that's two people, right? 
then Ash, Mark and Gray, who sound like Crosby, Stills and Nash. Ash, Mark and Joe. Oh yeah, Ash, Mark and Joe. <laughs> who sound like Crosby, Stills and Nash. They're really great. And then there's great me albums. on my own. So bearing in mind, I've just released quite a song. Headline, boys. So Headline I'm like, it's a market, like everyone's having a good time. It's getting to drunk time of the evening as well. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to go out. And he's going, oh, you've got to play all your new songs. Play all your new songs. And then stands there in the crowd shouting, don't do anything about death. And I'm like, <laughs> so then people in the crowd start going, no, we don't want miserable stuff. Play some old beat, play some old beat. And I'm like, what the fuck have you done to it? Like, it's not enough I'm following these guns. But on top of that, it's then sabotage 90% of the fucking material I'm about to play because I can't play anything downbeat. I, I, I ended up recycling a bunch of old fucking new operators songs and cover songs just to try and keep people smiling. <laughs> the only thing he didn't do is boo you. <laughs> no, he booed me. He was, he was and he wasn't like he was in one place in the crowd. He was moving around. He was moving around. Doing so, different voices. But that meant the different groups of drunk people were fucking getting on with what he was saying. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's miserable. I think he's miserable too. So yes, in that instance, I maybe tried to remember some covers. You, you totally caved. <laughs> And, and this is where your integrity has been forged <laughs> to the point of. This is this I, is where I'm thinking about not doing as many gigs next. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. And, shit and now it's like I will sink this ship yeah. with my murder songs. Yeah. If it kills That's everyone good. else. Right, yeah, I'm gonna go so fucking down. Your your fucking birthday, dude. <sighs> you wait, man. You're gonna turn up and boo. But I remember like, when I was first on out and I did a gig in like a pub. And it was part of like a festival and I was playing a fucking beer garden and it was sunny and it was loads of kids and it's me fucking playing. So you know how that's going. And it's I remember like I, fu- yeah, I, fu- I fucking caved and did like a Lumineers cover and to this day I still hate myself. Do you think you do wagon wheel? <laughs> no, I did used to do wagon wheel years back, but not these days. Was it you I was talking to about that, wasn't it? Mm. The other day. Um, but yeah, the, there was a certain point in time. What did we work out? It was like 2018, maybe, yeah. where it became like a no go. Actually, prior to that, it's a pretty good song. It is, no, it is, a, it is, it is a good song. But yeah, it's as soon as very overplayed. As soon as Hootie released it, that's it. We were screwed. Yes, um, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. But yeah, I do generally avoid the popular covers except for one, yeah. and that's because I like the song. So yeah, I got booked at a sports bar once. I was told like they got like another pub that does like a focus group on a Sunday afternoon. I'll come to another venue, it's going to be great. Show up here, it's a fucking sports bar. <laughs> Everyone's on the piss watching the rugby, they've been on the sesh all day watching rugby. I'd wait for the rugby to start the thing. And you could just see, no one wanted me there, I didn't want to be there. <laughs> You're just going horribly wrong. So I like, did like my five upbeat songs. <laughs> I did Galway Girl three times. <laughs> and did like a 15 minute long version of um, No Woman No Cry by Bob Marley. <laughs> and got them to like sing bits back to me. He's like, man, I should just stretch it out for enough to get paid and get the I fuck thought, out I of it. I thought Welsh rugby fans love to sing. Yeah, not made of songs and depression. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, not long black like veil. So <laughs> took me to the side straight after, it's like, it was good, boys, but uh, this isn't quite the place for that. Yeah, but <laughs> why didn't you go down? Me. <laughs> why didn't you go down the other pub on the? Uh, yeah, I said I do. Once they told me to come here. <laughs> Literally, widescreen TVs behind me. Everything just ah. Oh. Well, back the back, who do operators days? We got booked in some place that was near Nottingham. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a little boozer, and we were booked for three sets, like three thirty-five, forty-minute sets. So. The pub had like three rooms in it, all with TVs on, uh, and everybody was just watching the TVs. It was like wrestling or something was on TV because I know we were watching it while we were playing. But the first set went down like a left balloon. Nobody was listening. Nobody was enjoying it. But we're like, we want to get paid to keep playing. So playing. So slowly, people are starting to filter into the smallest room at the back. Like then all of the people over the course of the night started moving in there. Like between the second and third sets, where we sat down, this old boy comes up to us and he pats us on the back and he's like. Oh, I really, really, really like you guys. You know, you, you, you know, you're good old boys, aren't you? And starts with the most racist diatribe about how they have no <laughs> black people there and stuff. Oh, and, and literally, to the point where, like, I, I went, I'm out, and stood up and walked outside. And then after he fucked off, we literally went to the girl at the back because at this point, everybody in the pub had moved into this tiny room at the back away from us. So it's us, a whole pub, and then a tiny room full of people. I mean, yeah. And we just went. I went. Tell you what, love, just pay us off and we'll and we'll get out your hair, shall we? So people can move back out and then split from there. Mm. What's that place called? Because you need to avoid it like play. Uh, yeah. That was east, like east something. 
the last gig I like the last pub gig I played was like that in Warrington, mm. and I they told me to get there for like six, so I did, and then I did like first half of my set, and then people only really started coming in from like nine, but there was an old couple who'd been watching me for my first half of the set. Then it was like a load of fucking people on the piss came in, and then they were like, "You, you do know you were meant to start playing at nine, and you meant to be playing until 11. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then they'd set me up in like a corner near the toilets, so people kept stepping over me to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I was like, I just fucking stopped and was like, "Listen, I'm just gonna fucking get off." And the guy saw his ass and was like, "Well, you're not getting fucking paid then." I was like. Well, alright then I'm gonna fucking hang around for another hour and I just fucking did instrumental shit I just fucking did all my songs again just not singing because I was like they don't give a fuck why don't you just put Spotify or something yeah. crazy and that was yeah. like I was texting you I was like I'm never fucking doing this. they thing. don't want you there you don't want to be there yeah. no one's getting what they want what's the point yeah mm-hmm. it's all it's more of like a principle of like we have live music but it's like no one gives no one gives a fuck <clears throat> yeah there's a lot of that I think I think people um I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but people are like, oh yeah, there's a live band, let's go down to the pub or something, and then just, just talk, talk, talk on. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Just go somewhere with the DJ, bro. When I was trying to do the kind of the coversy circuit kind of thing a couple of years back, I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And I ended up playing a lot of my own music anyway, so it was all right in that respect, but I played a certain chain of bars that guaranteed you a payday on like weekday nights and stuff, and it was really nice of them that they did that, because loads yeah. of musicians I know were making a living through the week. And they always had live music on in the background. But being that I have actually give a shit about what I do <laughs> on stage, there'll be claps mm. and like nobody even acknowledges that you're there. So you literally, you turn up, you plug your guitar in, you set yourself up on PA and you start playing. And you play 45 minutes, you have your break, you'll have one drink and some tweet in between. And then you play your second set, go to that, give me your bank details and then you leave. Hey. Nobody talks to you, nobody gets involved in what you're doing. Nobody gives a shit that no. there's live music there unless you get somebody firing out brown eyed girl do you know what I mean and it's mm. like it's just such a weird I always thought it was great for the musicians that were doing it full time as a way to get a weekday payday but at the same time I just my, my head so let's try it. it yeah, it, yeah. Like, I mean that's <clears throat> that's a good thing about when you because well, obviously we're uh, a band situation we can <clears throat> and we've I mean that song barroom band I sort of wrote yeah. about being because we go into like barrooms where people are just like chatting and whatnot, and usually we can win a few yeah. over and, yeah. Yeah. if you've got and a full quite, band though you've got a full sound and you've got a fighting chance of getting someone's attention and it, 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 it is fun though when you go yeah. in and it's like abject apathy mm. and by the end of the night you've sort of turned them yeah. it's like there's, there's a real um, never, sense never, of gr- never gratification never underestimate how much fun it is to call you an asshole exactly <laughs> everybody loves it you know this as well like they will come in like the last song and you get a sudden rush of people coming in for like a late night drink and it'll be like your last song you just get ready to pack up oh fucking hell give us another song we've got, yeah, you know? yeah, and it'll be pulling yeah. teeth all night long no one's seemed ahead and just as you get ready to fuck off it's like a mob of people through the door. Yeah. When, when I was doing those gigs and Sid would come with us, we'd go into a room and it, you could tell from the get-go it's going to be shit and she'd be like, be nice. <laughs> so I'd, be, I'd be playing and I'd literally start counting how many people clapped and turn into whoever made eye contact. I was like, I got three then, make a note with her. And then I'd play the next song and I was like, I got five claps then, make a note with that. And then I'd play again. I was like, I only got two. I fucked up on that one. <laughs> being so sarcastic and twisted and bitter that I was just tanking for myself. But it's it's a hard one, man, because I get full-time musicians want to do that. Yeah. But it's like, is that What's the cost? what the type of full-time musician you want to be? Yeah. Is it worth saying you're a full-time musician to be doing those soul destroying the, the thing is, I know some people who do those those kind of gigs and, you know, they love it. They yeah. just love being able to play music for a living. And, yeah. and, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. I don't put it. I think if you take an enjoyment out of it, I think I, I think because from like our perspective, it's just like you can't really wrap your head around wanting to do that. But mm-hmm. if you do like doing that and you enjoy playing covers and people singing along to those songs, yeah. fucking have I yeah, yeah. enjoy all so the gigs yeah. in the world. There's yeah. great money in function bands, but like yeah. they are pure soul destroying. Mm-hmm. You'll never get more aggravation on a night than a fucking function. But you, you know what, dude. I love aggro, though. You know, <laughs> if someone starts kicking off, it's fun. Hey. <laughs> one, one thing I will say, though, when it comes to function bands, and a lot of those guys that play that kind of circuit, those guys actually sit and they own their craft and they get really good at what they're doing and doing their own styles of whatever covers they're doing and all that. And they're totally worth the money that yeah. they've paid for yeah. doing that shit. I have most issues when you've got 
like your weekend rock stars that that have like a classic rock dad rock band uh, that take up these paying gigs in places and you look at them and you go well this is a hobby for you so why like this is your hobby at the end of the week why are you insisting these pubs pay you what a proper function band a proper full time musician musician should be getting paid that's the weird thing in it. You always find they have the worst attitudes as well. Giving the sound guy stick and just aggravation all night, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're looking I up. like it, it's fun. <laughs> no, but I'm not, I don't like you with that because you do your own songs. <coughs> then you would and only. <laughs> yeah, and only. And nobody else's song. <laughs> and you would, uh, you would actually, if you were afforded the opportunity, you would talk, you would, you would leave your job, you would, Pursue that, wouldn't you? Don't tell my boss. <laughs> Which one? The new one that's offered you the new job. <gasps> oh, got that, got that, got that. <laughs> <laughs> Broke through the fourth wall. But yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, when, you, when you're with a band, it's a different thing altogether. Because yeah. we can, and, and we've got like, like um like tender softer stuff and then we can just like yeah, yeah smash and grab you got somebody with you as well so if it's going dry you can take the piss out of each other oh we, you, yeah. there's a lot of that yeah. i remember like one of the i i used to have a i don't know where it went uh probably on my old, old phone i took a photo of my drummer in front of the room you know the grove at leeds yeah it's like that in front of the room like thumbs up uh, and this is like two seconds before we start and the room's empty <laughs> it's like we've driven to Leeds yeah. for a practice lads fucking <laughs> well, weird is the Grove because the, the Grove's a really cool little folk venue mm. but I've always found it's one of them where if if your face fits you've got a full room in front of you but if you're if you're not in with the right people you don't seem to get anybody I played there one night uh, and there was me I had a fiddle player with me <clears throat> one dude from Black Lace like sat watching and that was the night. And I, they still paid me. They're like, there was no fucking, is that Alexa getting involved? Alexa chiming in. Which phone number, contact or device do you want to call? Shut your fucking face. I was worried that, have you seen the, uh, the, the real where Alexa starts going on about like, uh, Which phone number? some sort of porn or something. I'm like, no, don't, Alexa, don't tell them, don't tell them. <laughs> Play Jody's favourite part. She's <laughs> 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 trying. She's trying. She's trying to hack into your fucking private page on your phone. She's trying, but she's no! disgusted. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a hard one, man. And like I've said this to you before, and we were talking about it yesterday, where with what like we do is like genre specific, and you wouldn't see a black metal band playing the fucking pub circuit they mm. pick and choose where their gigs are and then that is where they get in and off from people eventually to build a career and that's where i think if you're playing acoustic you see the pub circuit as a thing because they're all playing acoustics but really you need to actually see yeah the genres that are playing there and stuff yeah. because you know pubs are just playing anything and everything so it's you need to be if you're a country singer you need to be playing in front of those type of audiences and being conscious of where you're picking and playing. We're just gonna get country roads yelled at you all night. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. We've yeah. Uh, we, we've found that going round there's certain towns that have like I mean I've mentioned a whole bunch of promoters yeah. in Sheffield. Like I said, we're really lucky. But every now and then you find a town or or a gig venue somewhere where there's a promoter that just does a really really great job of <clears throat> having almost having their own audience yeah. that trust them. Yeah. Uh, so you, they're, they're they're the places you need yeah, to see. That's out what I've seen really is built up. It's not a load of pubs just throwing yeah, music. Yeah, it's yeah, having yeah. like one, two, three dedicated promoters to a genre and putting those on because then you trust that mm. promoter to be putting stuff on, and that's where more risks happen. And so like Square Roots down south. Yeah, it's um, is it is it Ken? Yeah. Yeah, but we met him once. We'd, we'd love to get down there. Yeah, that's what I've been trying with Gal and his. But then it's one of those things where it's like because of his market and his audience it is hard to get onto those because he's booked up for so fucking long no yeah, I'll get that the um, <clears throat> well I always thought that, that Nottingham was like that with the Cosmic guys we've had a mm. few shows with them uh, yeah I, think, I mean I'd, I've always found with them I so I obviously did the Willie T Taylor show with them but I don't know whenever I've kind of hit them up for other stuff 
maybe that's just me but mm. I've not been well, able are, to really infiltrate you it. are awful but, but then I still think they're quite like new to it aren't they they've only been no, they've been around quite well. Yeah, I've been I've been going over there like when they were using the maze. I've been what I've seen that? way way back before before Fargo started. So really? like noughties, they 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 were over there putting stuff on. Mm. But I just think in like the like in the last like four or five years is when the Americana and country scenes really like solidified, and now it's like everyone's trying to like establish themselves from like that kind of point onwards. Mm. Because I think that, like, in the UK especially, it's kind of been since 2016, people have really given a shit about this type of music again. Have you found that? Because obviously you've been playing since, like, 2013 with Fargo and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I mean, because we... I mean, we do all right with, like, a rock crowd yeah. as well. So so we we... I haven't really noticed a like a, a big upturn because mm. I guess we've always had like the rock side of it or people from the rock side that liked us as well um, but yeah that, I, I can see what I can see what you mean yeah we said this last time where he's on like rock crowds are way more open minded than yeah. country crowds mm. totally mm. that's like who you need to get in front of is like an open minded rock crowd yeah, like everyone's got their own idea of what country should be or how it should sound or what they're looking for and it will not budge. <laughs> it's a lot harder to sway someone like who's got a specific idea. But even like 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 I said, my father brought me up on like prog rock, um, but we still had still have Freebird. Yeah. You know, because they cause, it loves all that. So so you know, a lot. I think a lot of uh, rock crowds like love Skinhead, mm. and that's sort of like the gateway to it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I love Dire Straits. Don't hate me. Yeah, but, uh, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> But uh, but like towards the end, Anopheles was using uh, uh, loads of pedal steel and country mm. country instruments, and then he went and did the was it the something hillbillies the uh, Notting oh, Notting Hill hillbillies or something. That, that <coughs> reminds me though, I played um, up by me. There was like West KB Live, and it was like a generic festival where all the pubs had music on. And my mates, like he used to do a project that was like psychedelic folk punk absurdist poetry which is as fucking crazy as it sounds but he was playing a venue for this festival and before him was like a dire strict cover band it was just all these dads playing fucking like all these rock covers the crowd were loving it they got off he got on stage and started doing his weird fucking Eckhart Tolle like rants and the the guy came up and stopped him after three songs and was like you're done you, you can't do this <laughs> because the entire what? fucking venue was just Oh, yeah. like but like I love this stuff but it's just amazing when you see like that turn like instantly yeah. the only thing they didn't do was just grab the guitar neck and be like no I think the uh, whoever did the booking there needs a yeah so we need it <laughs> but just a, a little example of um, the way audiences are towards like tribute music and stuff I was having a conversation with uh the band that came through the venue the other week mm. so it was a band that actually had a lot of hits back in the day I won't say who they were but I was talking to their tour manager um, and they were saying one of the, the routes they were making money they were getting booked on you know like these tribute festivals mm. but as the headlining act because obviously they're the real band playing the hits yes. that they play but he said they've stopped doing them because what was happening was they'd have all these tribute bands on before them playing all the greatest songs ever written <laughs> And the crowd was fucking loving it. And then when the actual band that was headlining came on, obviously they're still not better than Led Zeppelin, do you know what yeah. I mean? Or ACDC that, or yeah. Foo Fighters or well, that's such a not, weird... not better, but yeah. you know what I mean? It's like the iconic not those iconic ones. hits that have, you know, been millions of so even though it was a tribute act playing those songs, the audiences were yeah. more receptive to the tribute bands than they were the actual band playing but, their um, hits. My brother does it like he tours with various bands, but he does like this tribute thing to top his wages up, basically. And the amount of stick he's gotten for not having the exact same drum kit, or you know, not doing it note perfect, he said it's it's a nightmare. Like if he doesn't do it exactly how it's supposed to be, he gets loads of abuse online. Yeah. And you know, yeah. say so it's a big scene and it's well paid, and that's why he does it. But like, yeah. there's a whole other can of worms gets opened if you're not exactly what they think it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Like he does a Death Leopard song and he's like, you have two arms, you're a yeah. fucking phony. <laughs> Get that off. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we opened up for a, a Hendrix tribute once, um, and he was he was great, this guy, but he, he was right-handed, but then he played a left-handed guitar, so it still looked upside down. Yeah. <laughs> it was really Smart. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the attention to detail. Attention to detail, bro. Yeah, well, I couldn't do that. I'm, I'm terrible at my own songs. <laughs> I've thought about doing parody tribute bands like this, this awesome. <laughs> And I just do like, <coughs> my versions of Chris Christopherson songs. Slightly, like uh, is it Elvana? The guy. Yeah. Oh, that was a random idea, wasn't it? Yeah, he did the t-shirt. For him. Kiss Christopherson, you know, <laughs> Kiss, Kiss style covers. Of, of yeah. And it was like David Allen Foe. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. Yeah, but. Yeah, but then the annoying thing was that I'd fucking take off. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> oh, you go huge. What's the point in writing songs? But then, you, like you said, if you got that novelty act, you can hit every festival circuit there is. They love it. They, yeah. They got Ned Flanders metal band. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they are. They're awesome. fucking yeah. awesome. So have you seen the McDonald's thing? Yeah. Sabbath. Yeah, Mac Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. They all dress as McDonald's characters, and then all the songs are all Black Sabbath songs, but they've changed the lyrics so that they go, you know, with references. Yeah. Have you seen the video of Ozzy watching them? Yeah. Yeah. And laughing great. his tits off watching it. Probably tripping balls. Yeah. Thinking about all that royalty money he's gonna yeah. be getting. That's it, man, it's smart. Yeah. We need then, to stop this giving shit about the art and start making some money. Come on, <laughs> But then it's one of those things I I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was I can't remember what band we were talking, we were talking about a band. And I think it was like one of those like folk punk bands where they ended up on like metal festivals and they were like, that's all well and good for like a season or two but eventually like it's too much of a novelty that people can't be bothered to fucking come back and see it multiple yeah. times and it's like yeah. it's good to get them on for a bit and not get gonna it, connect to that but it's not yeah. gonna like maintain because yeah. it's like you could have like the Ned Flanders metal band on but how many times are you gonna see them on a metal festival and be yeah. like no, I'm not gonna fuck it but it's the same with the Elvana and it's, yeah. it's just the oh, hissy dicks here another one where it's sort of a yappy moment where it's hot because it's gone viral or whatever at the mm. time and then once you've gone through that summer then next time around it'll be slightly smaller venues and next time around it'll be slightly and you do find that they tend to keep yeah they plateau to a certain yeah. sustainable point well that's I mean that, that which is when you end up with Fargo supporting you yeah <laughs> uh, well that's um, I think that's the same with everyone isn't it there's like, like people who have a um, a pump like a, a, a hit like Deep Blue something what happened to them Breakfast at Tiffany's I think they had a very successful career afterwards did they yeah I think so but then like you can't really win sometimes because if you keep doing the same formula then you lose the fans if you change it and do something new you lose fans yeah. you can't you know you can't please everybody if you go electric you Judas it's almost like if you just give a shit about the songs and do what you want to do then you know you might just enjoy doing what you do with it. oh yeah you still have to do a TikTok though, Chris. This isn't going to just. Here we go. It's not like you got a gig today. Dirty rat No, I think I think we talk we we talk a lot about uh, when it all goes wrong. But there's still there's, there's some great shows out there. And I'm, I'm when it goes right, it, it makes it so so worth it. Well, I'm so I'm so I'm so thankful for when you get to a show and there's like real music fans and yeah. it's, somebody gives it's a so shit. good, so yeah. good. Mm. Um, I'll just fucking love it yeah, it's even kind of like you know like sometimes you hear that actor prince like one for them one for me and that's how they do that sustainable thing of like yeah. they do like a blockbuster film to make the money and then they'll yeah. like go do like an indie film that they enjoy doing yeah. and it's like I, th- I feel like this weekend kind of like last night was one for me mm. because it was six people in the crowd yeah. or I was fucking sat on stage watching Chris Cold Hands and Ashley Hard and fucking slay it and you know that room could have been fucking empty and I would have still had the fucking best time yeah and it's one of those things where it's it's still you know we fucking picked something that we were gonna enjoy regardless it wasn't that like you know if we'd have been there on our own it would have been a different story maybe but it's still one of those things where you still really fucking enjoyed that gig hmm yeah I think the the and that's the kind of the, well, it is the cool thing about this this weekend of shows is just the actually being able to connect some dots between yeah. I think we're all pretty like-minded in, mm-hmm. in terms of caring about what we do uh, and I think it's all different but similar as yeah, well yeah. Like... ultimately it's like yeah we're not all kind of peddling the same thing but we're 
we're peddling the same ethos. We're you know we're of the same mindset. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that some of the people yeah. who do see us over the course of the weekend are going to find it interesting, the dynamic yeah. of it and the feel of it. And I know that. I think it's important to be like a fan faced. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're in it for the wrong reason. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you see it a lot, especially on this scene, that people aren't like really invested in what they're pushing, and they're trying to make the like the music change yeah. to fit what they want to do instead of playing what they want to do. <laughs> like that undeniably hip hop country song, <laughs> or the undeniably country hip hop song. Um, you're gonna have to play them in this song. <laughs> yeah, once we hear. Or off the air. Once we're off the air, we'll name names and we'll tag every single person. <laughs> this is just a weekend of bitching. We are, we are just literally grumpy old men shouting at clouds. Well, you know? yeah. <laughs> You're shouting at me. Yeah. <laughs> and you love it, bitch. But it's a hard one, though, because it's unless you have like those hills to die on, you will just kind of let the industry wash over you. And it's when you start being like, well, actually, I think I fucking deserve a bit of a crowd or a bit of something and you actually go out and start booking gigs yeah I think, I think aiming for people I think personally I've, I've you know I've tried to play the the music business game I've, I've, I've you know I've, I've had my time when I was doing stuff like in what they turned the mainstream and stuff and then and I did try to play the game for a bit and changed everything about myself and have never felt any lower as a mm. as a person so you know, for two years, literally lost touch with who, who yeah. the fuck I was. So, um, coming out the other side, it's just okay. care about what you do, man. And 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 like I, I said to you on the podcast, I think it was the moment I stopped giving a shit about all that stuff. Yeah, was actually game changing. I, yeah, yeah. I started to find that more, more people were more interested in what I was doing. And <clears throat> being authentic, then it's, they can connect to that. If you're trying to pretend to be something. You might win people over short term, but then when they realise that's not what actually you're about, yeah, yeah, then they don't give a shit. They're not going to buy records. They're always, not going to come out. There always seems to be a massive thing in the, in the people that are almost playing a character or pretending to be whatever it is they're selling. That if you look behind the scenes, they've always got somebody that's decided they're a good product to sell. Yeah. and I don't mean that in in any jaded sensibility. I just mean it in there's always some business mind behind them yeah. that have seen something that's marketable mm. as a product and have gone well if we do this with you and make you into this and I understand that there's that's a whole side to the business again we've talked about this but it's 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 one of them things it's just not for me mm. no uh, it's a like, diff- I always say it's a different business to what I work in now but yeah. personally as well the amount of times I've heard someone say oh, I don't really like country but someone else told me I've got a country voice so I thought I'd give it a go yeah so, really? yeah I've heard yeah, that yeah, loads yeah. Really? Yeah, and like people who've wow. like been up for awards and shit have told me that. Yeah. Like, oh. I'm not naming anything, but I've heard it a lot. And it's like, well, why are you basing your whole career now of someone saying something in passing yeah. when That's you could strange. be doing something that you actually want to fucking do? If in the instance you are actually doing, if, if you're just doing what is naturally you anyway, because I, I yeah. know of some people that, that, even though that was kind of how they got started in yeah. country music per se. Uh, I realise you can't see air quotes, uh, but Chris is doing air But I think so long as they are still doing what they actually want to do, yeah. then that's all well and yeah. good. I don't, I'm not, I don't no. feel there's any gatekeeping to it. As, like, uh, there's a whole myth of faking until you make it, and it's just bollocks. Isn't it? I hate that but I think <laughs> yeah. the same principle where someone sees like X and someone is like, we're going to market that. Yeah. As an artist, you should still look at what you are and what yeah. you, your unique features are and then you market those but it's making sure that it's the authentic and like integrity part side of you that you're trying to push and you aren't trying to do something fake to get you know yeah. you're not just doing Lumineers covers so yeah it should be it should be a case with something you're comfortable with yeah. you shouldn't be having to push yourself out of your comfort yeah. zone no. it, again I'm air quoting man uh, but you shouldn't be having to push yourself out of your comfort zone to do what you want to do because if you want to do it it should just be natural it should yeah. be a natural extension of you yeah. it's like you're just starting off and you don't know who you are and like yeah. you're cutting your teeth mm. and you're doing all these shit gigs just to get up there and play and lean your craft as such that's fine mm-hmm. that's not the same thing yeah. as pretending that's that's the thing I think yeah. sometimes if you start off young and you get like some attention when you're a bit younger and just starting out people think they know who you are before you actually know who you are yeah. so then they tell you you like they like you sound country, so you should sing country yeah. songs. And then because you don't really know who you are, and you just want to try and be a musician. 
you're like, well, maybe that's who, that maybe that is who I am. Yeah. But then it's not until six years later where you realize you fucked up and you actually wanted to be like an opera singer and it's fucking yeah. too far gone to like yeah. try and change Ruth. But nine times out of ten, it's ever like country fans who are saying that to people. No. So why are they having so much influence over yeah. your sound? It's always some it's rock, rock of ages style music, yeah. exactly. I've always just found that it comes from like the writing the songs because mm. because that's the best. Other than like a really great show, that's the best feeling in all of this for me. When I've you know when you finish the song and you're like, I think this is good. I want to play it for somebody. Yeah. You know, I think this is really mm. really good. That it's just that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And that. And that is, you know, when that when that's, I think that's the truest thing that is you is when you've written a song that really means something to you. And so, so if that sounds country, then whatever, or if it sounds, yeah. you don't. I, I'm not. I don't go into a song thinking, I need to write something that's no. really rock or really country yeah. this time. Yeah. It's just. It's just no one's born into a genre, is it? But yeah. when you find out who you are as a person, or it's makes, sort of you know, makes you happy, really. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like for me, it's like. A, I don't write. I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to play this to somebody else. I write it going, oh, I write like this. I'm going to play this for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, I come in as a fan first, in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. make this music because I love it. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, under, under any illusions that I'm going to be famous, I write miserable fucking old school, depressing Sorry. country type music. I'm not going to be a celebrity doing it, so I'd rather just, like, meet like minded people and have a laugh. Yeah. And, like, hear what everyone else is bringing to the table and. I just hear that I, style of music played well just makes me happy. I, I just think I've been really uh, lucky in it all. Um, with because I, I remember when it first started uh, coming back with doing the Fargo stuff, just being desperate to play the Greystones because that is like our Americana venue and really struggling to get in there. And and we like we we play our our birthday show at the start of December. It usually sells out, and the mm. whole room's with us, nice. and they're singing along, and it just it feels fucking incredible. I'm I'm just so thankful for that and yeah that and, uh, menu is amazing as well that's great isn't it i like i i haven't played that before i played last saturday uh as you tried to keep me out of there didn't you yeah yeah because you're always talking about all these venues you played oh yeah when, <laughs> when i met ozzy <laughs> i was literally showing the picture last yeah. night um but yeah, yeah. Uh, and that room is just so cool like the yeah, it's lovely yeah like the audience and everything was just you know we talk about those ideal audiences where I could have stood there and done anything from my back catalogue and they would have been with me for every word but apparently I couldn't have done that song that I fucked up last night (laughs) but all my other stuff in my back catalogue if you get a good show in there then they yeah they love it yeah if if there's anything you guys can get on but I find that quite you know like the one you did because it's quite acoustic I actually find that quite um, uh, like, like freaks me out now because I used to be very acoustic, very so like, but now I'm so used to being with the band. If I'm in a room and there's people just sat there with their arms crossed watching me, it's funny not I'm smiling, I'm like, I'm the I don't know if I'm doing well or not. No, that's it. I'm the opposite of that. Now. Whereas once upon a time when I, when I was in the Hoodoo operators, we were all about the party and everybody. So I just I want, I want people heckling. It's like, come on, heckle. And now I'm like, did he just speak? When I was <laughs> There's a big I'll jump coming from a band though, doing something on your own. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, those there's some great moments in those shows, but I do find them <laughs> uh, like I, I I get a lot less nervous going on with the band. Yeah, um, you do feel exposed yeah. to going from like Death, big oh, yeah, sound yeah, yeah. on your own. Yeah, man. Yeah. I remember going from a metal band to acoustic, and it was fucking crazy to just like because yeah. it was like I had a fucking pointy Dean Razorback V. Yeah. And I was fucking screaming. Like David Allen Gurr. Yeah. And then I was like, went from that to fucking an acoustic guitar, trying to sing properly. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> well, I see a button now. Are you, are you going to die today? Not today, my child. <laughs> ah! No, absolutely not. Just get yourself out of the way. To be fair, for best, okay, case, best case scenario for us is one or all of us die. And then the shows would... And then, 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 yeah. The rest of us would to get do to so the well. Two shows that last night wasn't good enough. Yeah. But then it would be a cult one that would be like talking. Yeah, about, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like the really, the really bad uh, Monty Python's episodes. It's like, no, no, but they're great, they're great. <clears throat> yeah, but Chris, I think, I think Chris is done. Chris is done. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Yeah. He's off to charter a tiny yeah. plane. But <laughs> roads and around of Sheffield tonight, are you guys changing your set list or thinking of any songs in particular? I haven't do? really thought about it. I'd like to do some of my lists. I'd like to do some of my newer stuff, but I'm just worried I won't remember the lyrics. <laughs> I've been not doing set lists this, and I was. I've been trying. My aim was to like do like my newer songs and my more chilled songs. Like I wasn't gonna play work on this weekend, but I got a request for it, so I had to play it and uh, please the fan. And it was actually asking me to play it. So, I know sat next to him, so you have to do it. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'd already moved one of his songs for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What did you do? Midnight friend. Oh yeah, you did. That was well creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ashley was talking about like um, he's like his wife had told shout out to Ash. Yeah, shout out to Ash. Was yeah. incredible. Um, his wife had said that like their new baby was like having a midnight friend because like the waking up and like looking after. And I was, Which like, I actually thought was it's a really proper clever kind of yeah, idea. It's a really that. like lovely and sweet yeah. sentiment, but I ruined it. I mean, like I'm gonna say that to Chris tonight when we stay over. I'm gonna sleep, creep into his bed and whisper on his midnight friend to him. <laughs> we should all do it. We'll all do it tonight. Yeah. He was like, I've ruined that song for him now because that's all he's gonna think of. <laughs> I'm your midnight friend. <laughs> I, I, I tried, so I opened with a, a newer song last night because, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to try out some new stuff. Yeah, I should try and be brave. But I'll be honest, I've played in Sheffield so many times this year. <laughs> played everything yeah but nobody listened so that was the funniest thing when I played so I played with the band last week and Nats who comes within like she's seen me play a million times this year <laughs> after I came off stage first thing she hit me with was Dover you're so sexy which really caught me off guard so what the fuck's wrong with you and then she's like I didn't realise you had such good songs I'm like you literally watched me play a million times this year. This is what I'm saying, guys. Fuck off the acoustic yeah, stuff. Get yourself the band. Is the way saying. <laughs> I think, but that is the thing where it's like you're playing and it's, you can you can even play to the same person like ten times, yeah. and it might be the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth time awesome. where the, the penny actually yeah, drops yeah. and you like connect. Yeah. It's a weird one to put that like timing. If you got a song to match their mood, yeah. Then, yeah, hitch out nowhere. But she's told me great set a million times this year. Yeah, but <laughs> no, that's the cop out though. Whenever, whenever says anyone great says set. great set, I think you weren't in the room, were you? Yeah, that's like Facebook. It's like that thing I put in the group chat where it's like you go, oh my god, that sounds great. Like Thirty seconds after someone sent a five-minute clip, <laughs> it's like you know you didn't fucking listen to that thing. When you share an event and they click interested. Yeah, yeah. great set, bro. Were you there? I think we all know the only actual acknowledgement of something being good when you're on stage is when you look out and the person looks back at you and does that face. Dead panda staring you out. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, some, if someone specifically says one thing about like a song yeah. or a line, like, oh, this guy listened, but great set that. Like, and I've, I've often wondered, because like, I'm really shit memory-wise, and I know there'll be points, December Flowers, when they played last week, they played this one song, and I remembered there was one little hook line that I thought that must be what it's called because I've missed what it was called but I'm going to speak to him about it afterwards and I was talking to Joel I think his name is the guitarist um, and I was trying to say oh I really enjoyed that song but obviously because I couldn't remember the name of it I was just going you know that one you played like two songs from end he must have been going yeah you weren't in room were you? and I was like no no I actually was yeah. just couldn't remember what the fucking song was yeah. called yeah. or is great set worse or is this worse where it's like I really enjoyed that last one <laughs> it's like because it's where it ended it's where it ended yeah it's like the one where you paid attention because you knew it was wrapping up yeah. uh, I've actually been stood in the bar at the Greystones with a mate talking while the headline's been on because we've seen them before and whatnot. and we're just like and then like the headlines come out and got on merch and my mate's turned to me and gone great set bro and I was like we weren't in there <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad's a drummer and we were in a band together for a while and uh, we went out for a night, I was going to watch another band. And someone, like, it was at a regular place we used to play. And someone came up and was like, you want to check his band out? They're pretty special. He's like, I'm fucking in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he started the band, he was, like, more involved than the rest of us. There was a standing joke in the band for a while that, because me and Andy Dyer got, like, uh, beards. Uh, that we, I think it were Al's we went to. And uh, when we went to the bar, they're like, oh, you're in the band, yeah, yeah, comp drinks or whatever. And one of the other lads went up and just like, yeah, that's that's five of me. It's like, I'm in the band. <laughs> I was just on stage. Is that Weird. a 3D? Because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it, it was one of the, uh, yeah. yeah. 
But that I still like. Boys. I've got obviously my patch jacket I wear on stage. I go off stage and I still wear that just in case I think people aren't gonna recognize me yeah. despite me being six foot two with long fucking blonde hair and a beard. Just to be like, yeah. it's me, like with my fucking branded hoodie on and everything. Yeah. Like guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's gonna be a fun time tonight. I'm looking forward to sharing a stage. This is the first time Josh has been in Sheffield. This is the first time you've actually met as well, and you've met uh, Jody before. But Chris and Josh, it was last night. It was your first meeting. And last. And last. <laughs> yeah, he was a terrible spoon. Yeah. No more midnight friends. No. Yeah. You know midnight. What's that song? Midnight. You're the midnight special. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to come back with the camera. <laughs> And that is episode 55 of the Rogue Country Podcast in the bag. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to and all that jazz. And make sure you check out the Fargo Railroad Company's birthday bash on the 2nd and 3rd of December. Chris is always gigging. He does not stop. Josh is opening for Nick Shoulders on the 10th of November at the Bunkhouse in Swansea. Cold Hands is always gigging. Ashley Harding is always gigging. Both of them. Cold Hands is in Nottingham, Ashley Harden is in Cornwall. You will not regret checking those out. If you've not heard them before, keep an eye on the Rogue Country Bandcamp page because we are going to be releasing the live recordings of these shows and you will not be disappointed. We are also on the 4th of November going to be dropping merch, so keep an eye out for those. Keep supporting the things you love, keep doing the things you love, and until next time, guys, peace.